everyone, I wanted to tell you about two companies that help support the show. One, of course, is Podbean, podbean.com forward slash VR. That's going to give you a 30-day free account on me to check it out, try it out, see if you like podcasting, see if it's what you want to do. Podbean.com forward slash VR. And the other company is Videoblocks. Videoblocks is a great company for like stock footage, uh, podcast sound effects, video backgrounds for your website. I'll talk to you guys about both of those at the end of the show. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And guys, I've got a, a real treat. I know I say that a lot, almost probably every time I introduce the podcast, but today is actually uh, a first. It's the first time I've ever had anyone that's been involved in the food industry at all. And I think from uh, at least the perspective that I have, there's so many parallels in cooking um, and personal growth and personal development. And you guys know if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, it's turned into more of a, uh, a podcast really about the origin story of successful people more than social media strategy. We may talk about a little bit of social, just what people are doing, but mostly it's, it's talking about the success that people have. And, you know, this is no exception. Uh, Chef Carol is on the show today. And I mean, it's the, the awards and just the amount of accomplishments that this man has over the years is, I mean, it's, it's flooring. It really is. I mean, he's a speaker, uh, producer, Olympic gold medalist for cooking, which I had no idea we even had, but now I need to really look into it because we all watch the cooking shows and the Food Network channels and the Anthony Bourdain's, but I mean, this guy's the real deal. I don't know that Anthony Bourdain could stand, you know, hold a candle uh, to Chef Carol really after reading through this. And then after reading the book, it's, um, I haven't gotten through the whole thing, but man, I, um, I, I could not put it down over the past couple of days. I kind of touched on it a little bit here and there, but it is a, it's a really good book. And uh, it actually releases in October, so we're a little ahead of the game. And uh, hopefully we will get this episode out right before the book releases so you can go and pre-order it and uh, get it. Just so many things. We'll touch on some of this stuff, but I did want to touch on uh, one thing. One of his most proud accomplishments was Operation Hot, honoring our troops in 2011 and 2013. He raised over $450,000 and assembled like 30,000 pounds of, of gear, had a bunch of celebrities, and uh, entertained and fed over 8,000 troops. That's just, that's amazing. We could stop right there and not even do the interview, and I would be good with that, but we got to talk to you and find out all the great stuff that you've been working on. Chef Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Vernon. Proud to be here, and uh, thank you for uh, having me in. No, no worries. And of course, guys, I forgot to mention the title of the new book, The Recipe, which is coming out. It's a story of lost love and the ingredients of greatness, which we are going to definitely dig into. So, you know, one of the first questions I like to ask people is, you know, I like to look into the background and try to figure out, you know, good stuff to talk about and, and really get into the motivations behind the stuff that you do. And... As a, as a recent author, um, the reason that an author writes a book, usually for me, is the best part of the story, and in particular, the dedications. And so at the very beginning, um, you have a dedication to, to Toral and Anna. 
Could you tell me just a little bit about that? <laughs> you know, that's that's the first time I ever got that question, and good, good, good on you for that. Um, well, uh, yeah, the story behind the story. Well, that's that's my wife Terrell, and and, uh, and that's John David Mann, who's one of the best authors in the country right now. Yeah. John's John's wife is uh, Anna. So, um, I mean, you have to. I mean, you know, behind every great man is a great woman, right? So, I mean, these uh, two have been amazing supporters, and you know, and I, and I, my wife, I can't say enough about. Uh, she's, you know, you, you mentioned all the things I've been blessed to be be able to um, to do in my life. Well, I, I, there's no way I could do that unless you know I had the support of my family and and my wife Terrell, and so she's been incredible to to even. Uh, you know, put up with, you know, the back of my head on a computer or not being at the house at all. And, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's that. And, and, uh, yeah, it's my beautiful wife. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. I, I, it's always just curious to me because, you know, one of the things, um, when I was talking to the, the publishers of, in my book, they asked, you know, well, what's your motivation for writing it? And why did you do this? And why did you do that? I'm like, okay, mm. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect to get into that kind of thing. So, uh, Continuing down that road just a little bit, um, so why this book and why right now? Well, Vernon, I have two other books, Leadership Lessons from a Chef, Finding Time to Be Great, um, and then the other one is Tasting Success. And and those are both really great books that are being used in all over the world, really, but mostly the United States and a lot of hospitality schools and, and um, uh, you know, in any hospitality uh, building really, and as it's been incredibly successful, but they're team building books and how to build great teams and get people want to work for you, that kind of thing. And then, um, then when I was touring around, uh, promoting uh, leadership lessons from a chef, I was asking a lot of students, you know, what do you want to do when you graduate? And the answer was get a good job somewhere. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, what a terrible answer. So, so I came out with tasting success. And then, so when I got done with those two, I was really happy and proud that, you know, we're helping people. And, um, and, uh, then my next project, you know, was the recipe and I wanted to, wanted to write a parable. I wanted to, you know, I, I, all my speaking opportunities all around the world, I, there's no better feeling than touching someone's heart. You know, when you're done that presentation and that, and the, and the, and the guests come down to you and shake your hand and want to take a picture with you and they have tears in their eyes in some points and they want to, they want to stay in contact and you hear a story, you, you hear stories of how you affected them. Um, so then I want to kind of get into more of that. And that's where this story came from. And it's really an emotional uh, book. It takes you on an emotional roller coaster ride. And a lot of people ask me if it's about me. It's not about me, but there's a lot of things in there that are true. And there's a lot of things in there that I have seen before, been a part of. Um, so that that makes it special in that way. And I, I wanted to – the biggest uh, compliment, Vernon, we've had from the launch team, which is almost 200 people right now, was that after they read it, the book stayed with them. You know, that they put the book down and they just thought about it for another two or three weeks after. And that's the biggest compliment I think we can have is is I think we achieved what we wanted to achieve and and they think about the life lessons in there. Right. Yeah. You know, I've I've been thinking about this character Owen mm. <laughs> you know, off and on over the past couple of weeks and just the experiences and um it's it's written beautifully because I can picture this kid walking up to this diner and going in that very first experience that he mm -hmm. had in that diner. And uh, one of the things that stuck with me actually uh, that I've read kind of over and over again is when he, he, there was a, a part in there where he had, um, 
I think the first time he showed up and he, he did the, the whole eggs over easy and, um, you know, he was pretty, he was pretty proud of his accomplishment and talking about the, the whole test thing and the, him and the cook were going back and forth. And the cook said that, you know, what inspires me most, um, every day isn't what I already know how to do. Mm. And that's I'm, what like, I don't, yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow, that's, that, <laughs> that is, that is interesting. It, it really isn't what you already know how to do. It's the, it's the, it's the stuff you don't know how to do. That's exactly right. I mean, I love that saying, you know, it, you know, and that's true to, I mean, that's, that's really my quote is that, you know, what inspires me every day is what I don't know. That's what makes me jump out of bed in the morning and everything that we try to attack every day. So, I mean, that, what a great outlook on life that is. And, and I'm, and I'm glad you picked out that there's a lot of lessons in that egg and that egg scene yeah. about, um, you know, many times in life we're so happy with what we just did. And, uh, you know, and, and you mentioned the culinary Olympics and, and there's many a times that I, I was, I was doing things in the world culinary Olympics. I, and I first did it and I said, wow, that is really good. I really love this, uh, presentation. I love this. I think I'm, this is the one I'm going to do in the Olympics. And, and that was the worst mistake to ever make in your life. And, and, uh, two months later I did it 10 more times and it was beyond better than, than I could even imagine it to be. But there's another scene in there, uh, Vernon, that you talk about the food and life lessons, mm -hmm. You know, food food is I just that's what makes this book so special. When I tell people this one line, a light bulb goes off in their head and they say, I get it. You know, the the, the recipe is about a boy who loses his dad at his very young age and he's mad at the world, he's mad at God, and and he gets himself in a bunch of trouble and he's he's just going on a downward spiral spiral. And and this old crusty old military chef sees this happening, he pulls him in and he owns a diner, which my dad owned a diner, by the way. And and he and he starts in, in each chapter becomes a life lesson in each chapter that the crusty old chef and the boy cook something. So, I mean, that's what life's about, you know, and cooking, it has so much to do with patience and, and understanding the food and the smells and the, and how it's cooked and the, the, and you plant a seed and you got to water it, you got to take care of it, you got to harvest it and you got to, and then you got to wash, you know, all these. So that's, that's what that makes this book so special. I think that, um, it just pulls you in. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's amazing when I was going through this and, and just looking at it and then thinking about the, the parallels to life and just making mm. stock. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if, if you've ever tried to make stock, I've the most I've, uh, I've ever done, I've made chicken stock, um, mm -hmm. which actually turned out to be pretty good. Actually, it was better than any of the stuff that we've bought in the store because, you know, now mm. I can just run to almost any grocery store and get uh, kitchen basic chicken stock. Sure, yeah. But the stock that we actually made, um, I mean, when I thought about the process mm. and that, you know, my myself and my wife were actually involved in doing it. Uh, she was in the kitchen and she was helping me and we don't cook together that often. Mm -hmm. But that particular time, I actually I remember the entire process of making the stock and, you know, putting the, you know, making the roux and, and all of the stuff that you do to to make chicken stock. And I'm like, wow, mm -hmm. I never really thought about it as mm -hmm. as a life lesson, as a bonding thing. And, you know, you don't the things that are still useful, you don't throw them away. You use them to their maximum ability. And I think sometimes when people are looking at their skills or the things that they do and the things that they have, they don't really they don't notice the small things, which is one of the things that you focused on in the book is noticing the small things. The, like the very first scene of the book just grabbed me. I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, I got to make sure I finish this book because <laughs> a hot dog is not something that I would 
spend that much time on, but the way the hot dog was made, and I'm like, damn, I want to go out to a diner now and see a hot (laughs) dog made on a grill and see and experience this because it felt like you were just literally watching a story. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just really, really well written. And, um, no, thank you for the imagery that you put into the book and the lessons that are there because there's so many. And mm-hmm. so often I read a lot of books and, you know, I go through and talk to a lot of authors. There are not so many lessons in, in all, in all mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of the books that I read, but this one is, it, it is so full of lessons that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the book and, uh, mm-hmm. of course now a fan. So, Let's get into well, you, some, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, you you, t- you touched on some cool stuff. I mean, I could talk on, on every single thing you're mentioning. You know, is almost a whole show. And John David Mann is one of the best. He's a he's a award winning seven time New York best selling author. So he's brilliant. You know, and he mentioned stock. And so the listeners out there, I don't care if you're a chef, if you're working a in a, in a in a business building or whatever. You know, and everybody has a foundation. And cooking stock is a foundation. So. If you don't, if you don't start out with a great product, if you don't start out with something great, you're not going to end up with something great. So we have to put our effort into the little things, and the stock is one of the most basic things in cooking. And and you know, if you were to come in my kitchen in my home, and we were to make a stock together, I mean, I, I could I could make it in such a way that you'd be hovering over that pot. It's like, oh my God, how you you described it yourself, cooking with your wife. So. It's amazing when a light bulb goes off in your head, like I, how well did he take care of that process? How well did he go into making that stuff? We could have the same ingredients and come out with two totally different things. Right. And when you mentioned, you mentioned the hot dog, I, that's one of my favorite scenes in the book. I have a lot of them. But this is, this is why, Vernon. The boy is angry. The boy is mad at the world. The boy is he, – he lost his dad and he's carrying bricks on his shoulder. He is so in pain. And he goes in this diner. He doesn't want to be in the diner. He go he goes in there because he has to do some work, right? And the, and the chef comes out, and, and and the chef is brilliant in the entire book in the way that he lets the boy figure out things himself. He sits down. He puts a hot dog in in front of the of the boy, and the boy's angry. And he's like, "Why do I, you know, you want to give me a test? You want to? What is this? You're giving me a hot dog?" And the chef doesn't say anything. The boy takes a bite, and then uh, he said, "How is it?" And the boy says, "Good." And he says, no, but how is it? You know, you know, what's it taste like? And then there's silence for a little bit, and the boy tastes it. He says, what's going on? I don't understand. So he takes another bite. And he says, well, it's a, it's a little bit peppery. And then and what else does it taste like? What else is it? And all of a sudden, the boy, in that moment, goes into this memory, this food memory, this thought process, that for that one moment, the chef took the weight off his shoulders. The chef took him out of that. He took that pain away. He took everything that that boy was carrying, and and he brought him into a happy spot where the boy starts having food memories of the ballpark, the baseball, being with his dad. You know, it was a brilliant moment where all of a sudden, for that for that ten minutes, the boy let his pain go. So that's a piece about what this book is about. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it, it, it's it's just awesome, man. I um. I was like, "Wow, what a what a powerful scene to start a book with." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, this is this is digging deep. Boy, that touches some emotion pretty quickly." <laughs> you know, if you if you've ever lost and and the memory that food brings back, you know, you can be walking yeah. past a restaurant, smell sure. something and remember all kinds of stuff. 
that I won't get into because I'll start blubbering on the interview. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it's, it it is really well written. You know, one of the things that um, I had a question about when, when you were coming up with the rules, the the seven rules in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. uh, the one that says taste everything. Um, I was recording some audio yesterday, just sharing some random audio on a, on an audio app. And I was thinking about the whole thing. I was actually at lunch and sitting in front of three restaurants trying to figure out which one to go into. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go into either. I'm just going to go, I'm going to grab a protein bar, go back to work. But I was mm-hmm. talking about um, success and excellence and how you can achieve success and what success means to you and being able to define that for yourself. And the first rule of the kitchen is taste everything. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for you? personally with all of the things that you've done and the mm-hmm. achievements, the Olympic gold and competing at that level. I mean, mo- most of us, I don't think have seen an Olympic cooking competition. The only thing I could even imagine was iron chef. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I can imagine. I know how intense that is. I can only imagine at the Olympic level, how intense something is, but taste everything keeps coming back to me when I was thinking about, you know, reading when I was reading through this book and I read the rules first. And then I was, as I go through, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wow, okay. Taste everything. How am I tasting everything in life right mm-hmm. now? What am I experiencing? What, what does that mean for you? Well, there's a lot of things, you know, uh, it, it, I have 75 employees, six kitchens, three restaurants, and, and, uh, we do around 80 to hundred functions a week. We're a really, really busy uh, operation. And I can't be everywhere at all times. And it's amazing. And then this is the same thing in life. You can't let life pass you by. You got to slow down and smell the roses. You got to slow down and hear the birds chirping. You got to, because everything, and then we're in this world where we need everything right now, right now, right now. We're in fast food, uh, uh, drive throughs, uh, drive through everything. Everything is at a fingertips on the, on the computer that, so we don't have to wait for anything anymore. Well, we have to slow down in life. And when we were so busy, we're so crazy busy at the club, sometimes I catch the, I mean, many times I catch the cooks just doing whatever they can to get the food out. Just get it out. We're so damn busy. Just get it out. You have to slow down and taste things. And a lot of times the, the cooks are following the recipe. This is what I do every single day. I'm just going to cook it, put it out because this is what I do every day. Well, you can't do that because the tomato that came in today is going to be a lot different than the tomato that came in in July. Mm-hmm. And because of the storm. So you got to taste everything all the time. And I have to constantly remind that. Now, that kind of relates to life, too, because of everything I just mentioned before. You know, I, I find myself going through all the kitchens on my head's down. I'm thinking, okay, I got a meeting at this time. I got to meet my boss. I have to do this deadline. I have to have this done. I have to have this menu. But when I'm, next thing I know, I walk through three, four kitchens and I didn't say good morning to anybody. You know, slow down, slow down. Sometimes people. You know, and another lesson for your listeners out there is that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we don't believe in miracles until we need one, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, you know, and, and miracles are happening around us every day. And it's just it's just whether or not we choose to see it or be a part of it or or, or, or just, you know, acknowledge it. You know, uh, flowers are miracles. I mean, look at the, you know, if you stop and look at how does that thing happen? You know, so slow down, you know, slow down and, and savor every moment in life as well. Right. You know, the um, the improve every dish you touch. I uh, when you were just going through that in, in the, the busy day 
and you, you know, you're head down and you're trying to get stuff done and you've got all this stuff going on and you notice that you hadn't said good morning to everyone mm-hmm. or to maybe to anyone. And that mm-hmm. one person that you stopped to say good morning, you could be improving that person's day just by that little touch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I'd read through these rules and I'm like, oh, wow, you know, there are a couple people uh, just at the local coffee shop that I go to that when I'm at the counter, I'm on the phone. I'm not really saying anything. Mm-hmm. I've talked to them a few times. I'm like, OK, let me let me try to touch this person today and put the phone down, be 100 percent present in this moment and just ask them, hey, how was your weekend? How was your day? What have you been up to? Hadn't talked to you in a while. Sorry, I've been on the phone. And they actually really appreciated the fact that I took the time to stop and acknowledge the fact that I had not acknowledged them. And it just reminded me of this. So I'm like, oh, wow, these are things that you just if you just practice these every day. I've actually written them down. I've got them sitting in front of me on my uh, on my little board in my office so that when I sit down and I'm thinking about interviews and questions and stuff like that, that I'm actually looking at these and and composing some of the things that I think about you know, especially just the, the first four, <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. it's like, you know, taste everything, improve every dish you touch, pay attention to the little things and compose your space. And I'm right. looking at my messy office and I'm like, okay, this is the next rule <laughs> that I'm going to tackle because my space is not composed. And if it's not, you can't pay attention to the little things that you need to, because everything's a mess. Um, yeah, it's just, just an amazing work. I, I did want to ask, uh, another part of that quote, um, that we that we were talking about the one um where you say if you're being impressed with what you already know it mm-hmm. won't get you to greatness mm-hmm. what do you think the other side of that is when once you're not paying attention to what you're impressed is what's what's the other side of getting to greatness because i think that's where people fall off mm-hmm. well you know Vernon, I, I believe that everybody has this thing inside them that they're supposed to find. And 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 some people have found it and they're they're too scared to take the jump. And I mean, you know, what what is, we're put on this earth to do stuff. We're put on this earth to do things. And some people, it's sad in life, go through life and never they're they're scared to look for it. They refuse to look for it, or maybe they're they're not in a place in their life where they can look for it. And then there's others that reach down in their heart and they're looking and searching and say, "Hey, I want to do this thing. I want to write this book. I want to, you know, whatever it is." But then they they let their you know their goals, they let their life get in the way of the goals, their job get in the way of the goals, or their responsibility as a kids. And I get all that. I have it too. But they let these things get in their way, or use these excuses to get in the way of their goals, so they never jump. They never take that jump. So, you know, my dad told me a long time ago, and I was—I remember I was getting ready to drive eight hours to go to the Culinary Institute of America, and I, I was, you know, fresh out of high school. Or I was, what, I don't know, 18, 20 years old, and I was about to drive eight hours by myself in a, in a car with, you know, whatever clothes I had and a box of knives, and I was going to go to this big old huge school. You know, I was scared out of my mind. And... um my dad put his hands on my shoulders and he said, you know, don't be afraid of what you know. And um, and because I worked two years after I got out of high school. So maybe the other side of that, Vernon, is, you know, what, you know, be humble. And, and, and uh, you know, what inspires me truly, uh, that is my quote, and what, in try, and what inspires me truly is what I don't know. That's what makes me jump out of bed. And that's why the cooking field is so awesome. You know, I have... 
you know, I have a pretty good reputation in the country as a chef, you know, but there's millions of things I still don't know about this, this business and, and about food. I mean, I never will know in traveling the world, the different flavors. In the same token, when you're leading your teams, your listeners that are, that are from all walks of life, you know, when you're leading your teams, you know, don't be afraid to hire people that know more than you do and surround yourself with really good people. At the same time, don't be afraid of what you know. And um, and I think if you if you do those three things, uh, be inspired, you know, every day about what you don't know. Don't be afraid about what you know, and surround yourself with good people. You'll, you're you're going to be pretty successful. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that is uh, really amazing advice. Now, I'd be remiss not to mention that you're in the Houston area, and Houston was just hit really, really hard with the, mm. you know with Harvey and everything else like that. Um, what type of um, what type of stuff do you want people to know about what's going on down there right now? Well, I, I want you to all know that I think everything you saw on TV is accurate, you know, and, and I think it happens in a lot of areas that get hit hard. Everybody comes together. Uh, Houston is flying right now, doing everything it can to build, rebuild. And uh, I mean, it's buzzing with people helping people. And, uh, and I mean, the traffic still sucks really bad it's, and because a, lo- a lot of roads, a lot of roads are still closed and we're two or three weeks after, you know, and. Uh, we had we had 30 employees that were uh, severely hit. Um, but um, what I wanted them to know is, uh, you know, hey, we thank you for all your prayers. I don't think my phone's ever been busier than it was during the hurricane of, of people calling and, and texting to make sure you're okay. Um, you know, one of our colleagues, uh, a really super uh, um, young chef, a, a great guy, um, they have a company called Stove Monkeys. And uh, they actually, I actually just tweeted it out this morning on my uh, uh, that uh, they put together some T-shirts and 100% of the pro- proceeds go towards uh, people in need. And I thought that was really, you know, a nice thing for them to do. It's a young guy and doing the good thing and 100% of proceeds go towards to help people. And that was um, be someone uh, htx.com that you can go and um, a little plug there. Sorry, Vernon, but yeah, he was no, doing great. Yeah, he's doing good things. And, and I just wanted to help him as well. But uh yeah, I, I mean, it's emotional, man. I tell you, we, we were blessed to have power, you know, the whole time and, and we were dry. My family was dry, but I had some really dear friends that had uh, one, two, three, four feet of water and there was nothing I could do. I, we were flooded in. I couldn't get out and people couldn't come in. So it's emotional. Right. So when dealing with, with tragedy like that and, you know, um, in the midst of promoting a new book, there are a lot of good lessons in this book that I think people could take and, and apply to the situation, honestly. Um, let me just touch on that. Just yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, tragedy, right tragedy, tragedy. You know, people think, sit on the couch, you know, and, and say, I, you know, see somebody on TV. I wish I could be that guy. I wish, and I can't be that. I, you know, I, you know, sure. He's a really successful. He's one of the best golfers in the world. He's a, you know, he's the movie star on TV. He's the, you know, this guy is worth a million. I could never do that. And, and, um, and people are angry at the world for whatever reasons. But sometimes it's not until tragedy hits does someone realize, like, you know what? Life was pretty good before. When I was complaining every day, I was complaining about everything. I didn't like about what, you know, what I, my weight. I didn't like where I worked. I didn't like the money I was making. I don't like the car I was on. I don't like the friends I was hanging around. Whatever it is, someone has this attitude. They're complaining about everything. And then tragedy hits. And they say, well, you know what? Life was pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> and now, and so, so my message to your, your, your listeners out there is don't wait for tragedy to hit. 
to realize that life's pretty darn good right now, you know, and it all depends on where we're looking is, is, are you looking in good places? Or are you looking for negative, you know, and, and, uh, but anyway, sorry to jump in on you. That's no, one of my no, favorite, was, favorite topics. Yeah, that was good. You know, I, I saw something, um, it was probably on Instagram and who knows, I don't even remember who it was, but it, I, it, it, I remembered it as I was just scrolling past. It was like, you know, the very thing that you're complaining about, someone took that and won with it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That is, that is absolutely right. And sometimes when it, it takes tragedy and loss to appreciate, you know, how wonderful people actually are. I heard a story of a woman whose 13 year old kid saved who knows how many people, I think it was like 30 some odd people. Sure. Uh, because he knew how to swim in an air mattress, air mattress and right. took people that didn't know how to swim on air mattresses. And I think that you see no matter how much stuff is going on, because like right now in St. Louis, there's some protests going on about, you know, another police shooting and stuff like that. No matter, you know, what kind of stuff is going on. I think that when you see stuff like this and stuff like this happens, you see the best come out in people and it actually gives you hope. And I, I think that the recipe gives you hope, even though mm. it's fiction, man, it does not feel like fiction because mm. there's so many parallels to, you know, things that I know people have experienced within the book and because they draw from things in life and stuff like that. It's um, I think it's one of those things that although it's fiction, it, it, it's going to touch you like it's not. And you can draw from the book and the lessons within the book to, um, you know, just pay attention Sure. And just pay attention to those little things because they count. And it, like you said, it's it's never as bad as you think it is mm -hmm. until it gets bad. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, wow, it really was not that bad. Now it's, <laughs> you got that right. Now it's bad. And uh, maybe I just need to step up and, and actually pay attention and try to leave the situation better than um, better exactly. than it was when I got here. You know, I wrote it. I wrote the book to be a movie, and uh, with the intentions of being a movie, and because mm -hmm. I was dreaming of it, about a movie. And I think the one of the reasons why it feels so real is because, you know, it's not a true. And again, it's not based on a true story, but there's a lot of things in there that are real. You know, so I think that's what's cool about it. No, absolutely. Well, I know we. It, wow, this went so quick. <laughs> <laughs> How can people best find you, uh, reach out to you, touch you, communicate with you? ChefCharlesCarroll.com, uh, ChefCharlesCarroll, uh, C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com. And and um, the recipe is, you know, the information about the recipe, the book is on there. And, um, yeah, we're just, um, uh, we're very excited. And and um, it's going to be fantastic. It launches October 17th. And, by the way, John and I, we did we did eight short films uh, about a month ago and uh, of cooking cooking demonstrations and and stories uh, about you know about the book and why why those things were put in the book and why the recipe was put in the book and so you can see John and I cooking and or I did most of the cooking he did most of the eating <laughs> but um, <laughs> anybody who purchases the book before October seventeenth gets all those bonus uh, uh, videos for free so it's kind oh, of a nice. kind of a cool thing yeah. Well, guys, I will definitely link to all the ways to contact Chef Carol uh, and John David Mann in the show notes, uh, a link to where you can get the book so you, you can go ahead, pre-order, get access to those videos. 
I'll be doing that here shortly so I can get access to those videos. Can't wait to watch it. Of course, I love to spend my Saturdays. We you, we used to spend our Saturday mornings watching cooking shows so we could figure out what we we're going to cook for dinner. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. right. So, uh, yeah, I cannot wait to get access to those. Uh, Chef Carol, thank you so much for coming on the show. It went way too quick, but uh, I, I'm sure we'll have more opportunities to jump back in and maybe talk about some of the other books that you've written because um, – I haven't had a chance to check those out, but definitely interested in uh, some of the stuff that you've been doing. Hey, I appreciate it very much. I'm uh, it's a real honored to be on your show, and maybe when it becomes a bestseller or the movie comes out, we can uh, <laughs> we can circle back. <laughs> oh yeah, de- definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Super. All right. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. If you're not hungry and like hungry in in the sense of motivated and inspired hungry and actually hungry for some food. I don't know what you were listening to, but that was so much fun for me. You know, one of the things that really stuck with me is that being impressed with what you already know won't get you to greatness. And I think a lot of the times when we're dealing with stuff and when we're doing stuff, we get caught up in that, you know, resting on your laurels on what you already know. Um, positioning yourself as an expert, you often get caught up in the, oh, well, I know this, I know that. I may not learn something new from someone else. And it is totally the wrong way to look at it. You're, you're not going to get to greatness thinking that way. You're not even in the ballpark. And, you know, that's the thing that Chef was talking about. And, you know, what inspires him truly is what he doesn't know. Really awesome interview for me. I I think I was a little talkative in that interview, a little more talkative than normal. I apologize, but I was so inspired by the book and, uh, you know, what I had read so far that I just could not help commenting on the book. But um, I think that we, we communicated well in that interview, and I know that you guys hopefully have enjoyed this one. Uh, there's so many nuggets. Go out, get the book, The Recipe. A story of love, loss, and the ingredients of greatness. It it is truly an inspiring tale. So, you know, when I was looking at this book and and going through it, there was a lot of stuff that I thought about. And one of the things I actually thought about, and one of the things I thought about for my own book was, you know, doing a book trailer. And, you know, when I was thinking about the book trailer, I'm like, you know what? I spent so much time on the railroad tracks when I was a kid. Because uh, the train tracks were actually fairly close to my house in the city. Uh, I could just walk down Grand and cross over Grand onto Broadway and a couple streets over where the train tracks, where the trains would come in. And there was a packing house and it's horrible smell, horrible, horrible smelling place. But I remember the imagery of, you know, the train tracks and being able to see the arch. And I was looking through video box you guys know they're one of the sponsor of the of sponsors of the podcast and i was thinking about oh well you know what they've got some footage of some train tracks they've got some footage of the arch and they've got footage of some neighborhoods it's not my neighborhood currently or even the way that it used to look back in the day i really can't find anything that really captures that but video blocks is one of those companies that i would go to to look at to find some stock footage, put it in maybe a, a sepia filter to make it look like it's a, a little dated, like it was back in the you know 70s, 80s, 90s when I was coming up. If I was going to do a book trailer for my uh, for my book, and the book's already out, but there's you know nothing saying that I can't do a book trailer now. 
So I, I'm putting together some video and some clips, and I'm grabbing some of the stuff from Videoblocks. Uh, you should check them out, videoblocks.com forward slash Ross. I'm just going to give you a seven-day free trial uh, to check it out. See if you can find some footage in there for some, so some of the video products or video projects that you're doing using their video products. Um, it's a truly impressive service. I actually like what they have. Uh, lots of good stock footage when you need live stock video. It's something that I'm having some fun with and playing around with. So I hope that you guys definitely take advantage of it. Videoblocks.com forward slash Ross. Just check them out. Seven-day free trial. It's on me. And, of course, you guys know Podbean sponsors the podcast. So definitely check out Podbean. It's podbean.com forward slash VR. That's going to get you a 30-day free trial. And, of course, you know, I work with Podbean. Podbean is one of my clients, and I help them out with some stuff. So, you know, check them out. Let me know what you think. I totally stand behind the service. Anyone that's looking to get into podcasting, it is a very affordable way to start podcasting and to have unlimited audio. That's one of the features of getting this account is that you get unlimited audio. So you're not limited by, you know, if you want to record a five or seven day a week show like some crazy people do, you can do that and not worry about running out of space or paying more hosting cost or anything like that. So definitely check it out. Podbean.com forward slash VR. That's going to get you a 30 day free trial. 30 days to try it out you can put up as many shows as you want to submit it to itunes it is a fully functioning account and if you decide to keep it you can just pay upfront for the year or you can pay monthly it's one of the most affordable podcasting packages that are out there and definitely a company i stand behind so i hope you guys check that out and of course master your message the guide to finding your voice in any situation is my book i'm doing some stuff with that i'm actually putting together some podcasting material because people have been asking about different things you can do in podcasting. And it's not going to be your standard, this is how you podcast course. I actually teach a course at the university, um, University of Missouri, St. Louis on podcasting. I have one coming up in the spring. So definitely keep track of that. There will be some links in the show notes as time gets closer to where you can actually Join me in that class if you're from St. Louis or if you want to fly in. It is an all-day, eight-hour boot camp where I go over everything podcasting. There is quite a bit of like academic stuff that we go over, um, the share of ear report and talking about the metrics and how you look at listenership and audiences. And I answer questions in the room. It's uh, a little bit different than any other course you've ever taken because it's not just about Hey, this is podcasting and it's great and blah, 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 blah. It's more about, hey, what do you need podcasting for in your particular organization or whoever's in the room? You know, we go around the room. I talk to each and every student about what they want to get out of the class. And then I craft the information dynamically during the class to make sure that everybody gets their most burning question answered. So people write down their most burning question and I make sure that I answer that question during the class. It's pretty fun. And of course, I, you know, I follow my lesson plan, but that is one aspect of the class and we do it all day long. So it is an eight hour class, 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. So it is something I'm really proud of. And I hope that if you're in St. Louis, you get a chance to attend because you will never get this kind of instruction and this much information on podcasting 
at a more affordable price than you can by getting me for a full day in a classroom, hands down. It is the best thing going right now in podcasting, if I do say so myself. And I do. So definitely check that out. It'll be in the show notes. Actually coming up in uh, maybe late November, early December, because the class is coming up in January. So I'll probably stick that in there early December. If you want to fly in from out of town, you can make some flight plans. So with that, guys, um, look to the artwork. It's going to be updated. Like this episode, I've just decided to go ahead and put up some new artwork. I was thinking about actually ending this podcast at episode 100 and calling that season one. That still could happen. But I uh, decided to just update the artwork just to put some new stuff out there to make the podcast look a little refreshed and uh, give it a new spin. I'm sick of the black and white picture that I had up there. It was, it's been almost four years since we launched this podcast and uh, we needed to do something a little bit different. And plus I'm doing some stuff for Amazon, which is the reason that the artwork has been updated. So I want you guys to definitely take a look. Let me know what you think about the uh, artwork. I put it out on Instagram and I got hundred percent yeses that people did like it from quite a few people. So thank you guys that looked at that on Instagram and actually voted for it. Um, and with that, I'm going to go get, get out of here. Reach out to me on Instagram at Ross PR on Twitter at Ross PR Facebook, Vern Ross and on Snapchat at Ross PR. You find me on those places anytime you want quickest way to get me just at reply me on Twitter. I usually respond back, not instantly, but pretty darn close. And with that, I'm going to get out of here and I will see you in the next episode.